Welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Vianney Center. I'm Dr. Mariette Danilo, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to journey with you through these challenging times and to hopefully provide you with information that will help sustain you. Our podcasts are aimed at keeping you healthy in mind, body, and spirit. This is podcast number 31. The title of today's talk is How to Make New Habits and Old Ones Go Away. Well, I promised you several podcasts ago, after the podcast on um, how 10 sneaky habits that drain us of our energy, after we talked about that, I promised you that I would do a podcast on how to change habits. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to be taking much of the material that I'm going to be describing today. It's science-backed tips, really, to make new habits and break old ones. And it's from the work of of writer Markham Hyde. So let me begin. When you open your eyes first thing in the morning, you probably don't spend much time deciding whether to hop in the shower or check your phone. Whatever you're used to doing, that's what you do. In many ways, you're operating on autopilot. We don't need to get into our cars and say, well, I'm going to lift this leg and put this foot on the, on the brake and this foot on the gas. No, we've already learned how to do these things. They've become habit and we're on autopilot. These rise and shine routines and these other habits I just described are your habits. They encompass everything from the way you answer your phone to the foods you reach for in the grocery store. And you should be grateful for them. Without them, your brain would buckle beneath the weight of the countless small decisions that life throws at you. If we all had to deliberate about every little thing we do each moment, we wouldn't be able to function, says Philippa Lally, a psychologist and senior research fellow at University College London. She says that habits free up our brains to be thinking or concentrating on more important things. Habits, in other words, are evolutionary programmed efficiency hacks. Let's talk about making new habits. Lally has published several studies on habit formation She says that habits are largely the product of deeply entrenched pathways in the brain, which themselves are firmly strapped to environmental cues. So when you climb into your car, for example, the familiar sights and sounds of your automobile lead you to put on your seatbelt or plug your phone into its charger. Another example of this, probably a very This is not a good thing to be doing is smoking cigarettes. Very often people have difficulty uh, in smoking cessation because the environmental cues are still there. After a meal, they want to light up or they have after a certain break at work, they, they want to light up. So this can work in reverse as well. There was some time in the past when a lot of these actions weren't rote and you had to think about them and decide to do them but now they're automatic. Research has found that circuits in the brain 
that control habitual behaviors may actually compete with those circuits that control more deliberate, goal-directed behaviors. To make a new habit, you need to repeat the same behavior in a consistent setting, she says. This in a consistent setting element is crucial. If you don't anchor your new habit to a specific contextual cue, such as during your train ride to work, or just after you finish doing the dishes at night, it's unlikely that you'll stick with it. If you're trying to read more books, say, both of these times each day could be good anchors for that new habit. More research has shown repeating behaviors in this way help form habits through the involvement of multiple brain regions. Predictable situations make the best new habit cues, says Benjamin Gardner, a habit researcher and senior lecturer in psychology at King's College London. So let's say you want to do yoga twice a week. Rather than trying to fit in a yoga class whenever your schedule allows, make a plan to go every Tuesday and Thursday immediately after work. It's also helpful to map out the details, those tiny details of your hoped for behavior. If you want to get more fruit in your diet, make your goal to eat exactly 10 raspberries every morning with breakfast or to have an apple every day with lunch. So hook them together. The more specific and clear your plan is, the more likely you're gonna follow through, says Gardner. In the beginning, he says, that simply forgetting about your new goal or behavior is another big hurdle. Maybe you had every intention of going to the gym after work, but then the night before you forgot to pack your workout gear. Setting lots of reminders or alerts is a good idea, he says. You could schedule one reminder the night before to pack whatever gear you need, and then another, other reminders leading up to or just before your new behavior. That's helpful. It's unclear just how long it takes for people to form a new habit. I mean, I've heard many of my friends say, it takes 65 tries or 25 tries. Everyone has an idea or a number. But Gardner mentions an old myth that doing something every day for 21 days will solidify it. And he's a researcher. In reality, he says, it could take many weeks or months for a new behavior to become truly habitual, meaning you do it without thinking about it. But on the bright side, most behaviors start to feel familiar and less effortful after just a few weeks, he says. I wonder if this is what muscle memory is for athletes. My son was a kicker on the football team. And after a while, he didn't have to sweat out those high uh, risk situations where the, the, um, the score of the game was on the line. After a while, he could just stay calm and depend on his muscle memory and he didn't get freaked out. So now let's talk about breaking old habits. While developing a new habit is no cakewalk, breaking bad habits is even trickier. UCL's Lally says, once a mental association is there, it's really hard to remove. 
Maybe you're accustomed to pouring yourself a drink when you walk in the door after work. Or you spend every night on your couch watching Netflix when there are other things you really should be doing. Hmm. I wonder if he knows me. Well, it can be, it can help to adopt the new behavior to replace the unwanted one. Rather than simply trying not to have an alcoholic drink when you walk in the door, you could make a plan to drink your favorite uh, kombucha every night when you get home or something else healthier. Or if exercise takes away your urge to drink, you could go for a short walk or a short run every night. You get the idea. She is saying that you're trying to associate the situation. In this case, walking into your place at night with a new, better behavior. You're trying to associate them, link them together. Worth noting here, if you're concerned that a frequent behavior may turn into a bad habit, varying the times and places when you engage in it can prevent that from happening in the first place. So just don't let that bad habit stick to anything else. But maybe the best way to break a bad habit, Lally says, is to change or avoid the environmental cue that triggers your unwanted behavior. When you move to a new place or job, that's a great time to form new habits because everything's different, she says. You're off your routine. If that sort of large scale change isn't possible, smaller switches can also help. For example, if dumping sugar in your coffee is a problem, going to a new coffee place can make it easier for you to form a new routine. Even minor environmental changes can be helpful. Maybe you're trying to drink less dairy, but you still need to keep some milk in your fridge, Lally says. Putting the milk in a different place can slow you down and help you remember that you don't want to drink it. I do something similar when I put ice cream in the freezer I keep in the garage. It helps me to see it less often and puts roadblocks in place. Finally, attaching rewards to new behaviors can work wonders. If you try to create a habit, you don't enjoy it. It probably won't work. So if you're trying to create a new habit, try to enjoy it. Tie it to something you enjoy. Many times people who exercise will say that after they're done, just the act of finishing the exercise is enjoyable. But if you, but if you can imbue that new habit with something enjoyable, a tactic she calls temptation bundling, that can improve your odds of adopting it. Maybe there's a blog or a podcast you really like like this one, let yourself read or listen to it only when you're at the gym or on the elliptical. Over time, your brain will start to associate that activity with the thing you love and you'll, write, and you'll find yourself looking forward to your gym time rather than dreading it. I actually watch reruns of an old sitcom that I find to be very, very funny. And I'll always put that DVD on when I get on the elliptical. And it actually helps me look forward to getting on the elliptical. I don't know if I would feel that way otherwise. Anyway, 
Habits aren't easy to make, and they're often even more difficult to break. But with proper planning, you can do both. You've been listening to the Wellness Journey podcast from the St. John Liani Center. I hope today's topic, how to make new habits and old ones go away, proves useful to you. You can find all our podcasts and get additional information and resources for clergy and religious by visiting our website at sjbcenter.org and click on resources. Remember, we're companions on the journey to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. We are the St. John Vianney Center, and our mission is you.